Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Hey, guys, why don't we eat? Dear, don't call the boss. I'll have your spam. I love it. I'm having spam, spam, spam. Cornflakes. 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 Any fancy point? Suit you, sir. Spam, 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 baked beans, spam, 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 and spam. I said I don't want any damn vegetables. Lentils are really good, you know? Mmm, forbidden donut. As the scientists leave the building, no, they're wiping everything down. We've still got our procedures here at uh, Three Triple RFM. We're COVID safe. And across from me, Ken Goldsworthy. So safe. So safe. Did surgery. So good. Yeah. Could just clear this stuff off here and go. So, how much general anaesthetic do you want? <laughs> Have you got money for the general? Mm. <laughs> Uh, welcome to the afternoon. Uh, thank you to the scientists, all the people that have followed us in the morning. Thank you, Kent, for uh, your panel-beating expertise for uh, the doctors. Pleased to help out. And joining us again. Yeah, it's wonderful we're back. It is. Thank you. No, thank you for uh, for being here. And dear listeners, um, whether you're listening to us on a podcast later on or in the beautiful, glorious now... Here you are. And uh, what are you up to? What are you doing on this? Uh, what I, admittedly, I started writing on this running sheet that said it's turning into a beautiful day, but it seems to have just nah. gone sideways. No, you are bluffed. I was bluffed. Mother Nature pulled a bluff. She pulled a bluff on me and um, she's holding a full house. <laughs> I think she is. Um, today's show, we have got uh, the doyen. 
of uh, food educators here in this country. Stephanie Alexander is going to be joining us very, very shortly because something, well, a question that I don't think um, you and I are going to ask in our lifetimes, Kent, they're making a major movie about us (laughs) and I wonder who's going to play us. From 20 years ago. <laughs> My best chance is getting into true crime or something. Yes. But um, it's happening with Stephanie. You've probably heard uh, that uh, the Tuscan cookbook, the uh, the great sojourn of uh, 97, where Maggie and Stephanie revisited the beautiful rolling hills of Tuscany and decided that, you know what, this whole eating to the seasons and this ingredient-led cuisine is uh, is a ripper. And, um, yeah, they're going to make a major film out of it, which I think is so, so exciting. So, uh, yeah, we've got Stephanie on the show. We're going to talk to her a little bit about that. Followed by John and John's master uh, mastermind topic for this Sunday is parsley. Hmm. Ponderous, hmm. yeah. So we're going to talk a little. I bit. know you've got strong views on parsley uh, for the for the good. I I, I seem to recall you making um, judgment on curly the, parsley. Yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and that comes out there too. So stay tuned for uh, <laughs> ruffle some feathers. Yeah, continental parsley's bucktooth stupid cousin. <laughs> the curly parsley that there goes. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert there. <laughs> Um, yes, uh, yes, we will be talking a little bit about that. And, um, and then, um, we have got in the studio, let me see if I can pull down, where is Alexis? Alexis has, uh, got a double espresso, so I've made him happy. Uh, Alexis, uh, Kalnis, I think I've got that right, he'll, um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. And uh, he is the executive chef of Matilda Restaurant in Domain Road, South Yarra. We're going to talk about truffles because um, it's truffle time, folks. I might have mentioned it to you last week. Truffle Festival is on the Queen Victoria Market, 18th, 19th of June, uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. And we can talk a little bit about, well, truffles are such a, a mainstay now in our economy and also one of our perceptions of winter. And I thought it might be interesting to talk about what do you do if someone gives you a truffle or if you just buy a truffle and and take it home? So, yeah, looking forward to, to that chat. Um, you been eating out much at all? Me? Yeah. Um, no. No. I, not recently. No, no not recently. I yeah. went. I went down to um, I think your your namesake down at Abbotsford Convent a couple of weekends ago. My There's, namesake, Cameron. It, well, it's called Cam's Cafe. Cam's, oh, Cam's Cafe. Yeah, down at uh, Abbotsford Convent. That the was eponymously cool. named. Yeah, yeah, and it's more, much more than a cafe. Like it's a restaurant, mm-hmm. bistro type situation. Good. It was excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, nice treat. And beautiful surrounds. It's a, it's yeah. a good place to get away. It's um, and it's so close to everything. I was Southside uh, for a couple things. Um, one to have a look at a place called Chicha oh, uh, yeah. on Fitzroy Street, and it's in that sort of golden triangle of Fitzroy Street. 
not the other side of Fitz uh, of Grey Street. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go south, um, it's just a sea of rentals, really vacant, vacant places. But um, Chicha has taken over. You might know Milk the Cow, folks, which is a phenomenally successful place. Chicha is Peruvian food, and um, hmm. have you ever had a pisco sour? No, mind your language this hour, Cam. <laughs> Pisco sour. Say it again, just to be provocative. So that's a no from me. That's a no. Uh, well, uh, uh, Pisco is the national drink of Peru. It's uh, uh, unwooded brandy, if you want to sort of get an idea. It's it's beautiful, and if you make it with a sort of like a daiquiri whiskey sour mix with a bit of egg white and a, just a few drops of Angostura bitters, beautiful drink. Had one of the best ones I've ever had and also some of the best ceviche I've had in this town. Wow. Um, recommended. What's the giveaway on a good ceviche? What's the what's the benchmark? Zing. Uh, Zing. Well, freshness Zing. of the fish. Like a lot of... I was under the impression that if you're, you know, if you're at a ceviche bar that you only really have ceviche until the afternoon because the real affectionados will say that is the fish has been out of the water for too long if you go oh, into the evening. But, right. you know, that's probably getting a little bit heavy. Um, great flavour balance, I suppose, would be the thing, and just freshness to the fish. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it's great. And then had was lucky enough to dine in at Bellotto and Bank Street and have some of Nikki Rima's food and had her amazing spaghetti with blue swimmer crab. That is just wow. such a great dish. Oh, my God. And um, always good to see Nikki Rima. She's just a, a beautiful human being. And Bellotta is just such a uh, well-run restaurant. So, yeah. So, so that's, temperature, that's check on, temperature check on how well things are going. Were these places full when you were there? Uh, Chicha is a new place. Yeah, right. In what I'd have to say is maybe a difficult venue for some reason. Andrew McConnell had... Always had troubles with it when he had it. Like you might, it was Golden Field, it was Luxembourg, and then Super Normal Canteen. You know, try different things. Um, I hope this place succeeds. It deserves to because uh, even though a lot of people think there isn't parking, there is parking around Fitzroy Street, that IGA across the road. You can go under there. Oh, and, yeah. But um, yeah, it uh, that wasn't stupidly busy, but uh, uh, Bellotta. Two services had to be out by 8.30, and it was full. Wow. Full, full. Uh, 12.10, we better get on to Stephanie because she's expecting our call, Kent, Mm -hmm. Um, and we mustn't keep Stephanie waiting. So stay tuned. Next on Eat It is the Stephanie Alexander. Triple R on FM, digital, online, and via the app. Thanks so much for being here. means a lot. 12.11 here. On three triple R F M. There we go. We're all good. Yes, with all the microphones are on. All systems go. And there we go. Just sorry about that, folks. You just got to get that set up. Stephanie Alexander. Hello, Cam. How are you? I was going to do an introduction, but you're one of those sort of people that don't really need an introduction. So. Um, just by way of saying hello, I haven't spoken for a while. Um, do you know that our paths crossed a couple of weeks ago? Oh, 
They did? They did. I passed by you walking down the streets of Bright. Oh, right. Yes, well, I certainly was in Bright for a few days. Yes. What a lovely place that is. Wasn't it looking good? And um, and you'll be happy to know that you were deep in conversation uh, with someone and I thought, is, is that Stephanie? Is that, uh, maybe I... And I thought, <laughs> no, let's just leave her because you probably get that so often where you'll be just... You're a rock star, Stephanie, and I'm sure people bail you oh, up come on. all the time and go... <laughs> Hi, remember me? Um, well, and I not... last night I, I was out at a rest, going to a restaurant in the city and I yep. was walking pretty firmly because it was freezing cold. <laughs> yes. And uh, I, suddenly a woman tapped me on the shoulder and said, I love your rest with cauliflower soup. Yes. <laughs> and I, I, I thought I was well disguised with a hat and <laughs> so on. Well, the, <laughs> the funniest thing was I was with a, with a group of... Um, Oh, well, uh, I was doing a tour of regional Victoria. Two days with a whole bunch of wonderful crew from uh, the liquor trades, I suppose, would be the best way to uh, talk about it. <laughs> Drink Victorian was the theme, and that was all very good. And you'd walked by, and I went, I think I, think I just saw it. That was, was that Stephanie? And <laughs> someone was outside the cafe, and uh, they said, yeah, and Maggie's inside. And I thought... <laughs> And I did the same thing with Maggie. I thought, oh, look, I will just leave her alone. I would have loved to have said hello, but sometimes <laughs> discretion is a better part of valour. But isn't it interesting that I saw you together because that is the theme of this interview, all about the return to Italy in 1997, finding the Villa del Corsano, and look oh, what's what happened. A, what an adventure it was. I'll bet. I'll bet. And uh, I can tell you, Cam, it was the most amazing sort of surprise to get this email out of the blue from somebody I didn't know. Really? So, you know, we just thought we've been thinking about this for a few years and we think it's the perfect story and uh, would you be interested? And I sort of, well, as I probably said in another interview, I really did literally have my jaw dropping open. Hmm. And, uh, and so then, well, of course, I got on the phone to Maggie immediately. <laughs> And we had a good, yeah, good, good chin wag. What, yeah. what was Maggie's original thoughts? Oh, the same as mine. You know, what an amazing the story. What? What, a, what a wonderful time we had. And yes, uh, yes it's a very long time ago. But really, um, it was amazing. And, and it, for us to get out of, to move, remove ourselves from our own fairly frantic lives for two months was a triumph, really. And when we yeah. think about it now, we don't know how we did it. But I think it was planning. Yes. And, wa- and once you had people signing up and paying you money, yes. well, you ah. were absolutely committed. So what? we had to make it work. What's, and we did. What's my motivation? Oh, that. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, and that was one of the questions I had. It's like, uh, who pitched this idea and how uh, how did it grow and gestate? The, the movie or the original idea? No, um, I've sort of got an idea of the original idea because we've we've seen the book, yeah. which which I might add is now worth a fortune uh, on Amazon if you can find it. I saw there's a there's a paperback <laughs> version for two hundred bucks now. God, really? Uh huh. 
Yeah. Been out of print for, been out of print for a long time in Australia. I, th- um, I think well, Tim. At, I think Tim at Books for Cooks might be doing a bit of a brisk trade if he's uh, if he's <laughs> if he's got some. But no, I was interested more in the um, uh, yeah the people. How did how did they come to this idea? Well, and who do they pitch it to? Well, the gestation of the whole thing was that we, Maggie and I had had a holiday with some other friends two years prior Mm. in another part of Italy, in Umbria, and we had had such a wonderful time and we were so entranced with the um, feeling in the country of a genuine appreciation and respect for great food, for fun and pleasure with other people around a table, all those things that we'd been banging on about for years and years and years, yep. and often and often felt that we were giving a message that didn't resonate with a lot of people, but it did, it did resonate, obviously, with, with food-loving people, but there were a lot of other people who thought this was sort of mad. Anyway, yeah, really? we thought it was okay. such a lovely thing yeah. that we, we, we said to each other, how on earth could we come back to Italy for a longer time and finance, make it financially viable because we couldn't just walk out on our businesses? Yes. And, and so we plotted. And I must say, <laughs> Colin's, Colin's, uh, Maggie's husband, Colin, was a great help because yes. he's a bit of a voice of reason while we might have the flights of fancy. Yeah. And uh, so we, we worked out that we could do it and we would not set ourselves up as being experts in techniques of Italian cooking, although we, we knew a lot about it, but because what really what we wanted to show people was just how enjoyable lovely food is, simple food, being with other people, tasting the best, tasting the ripest and noticing the difference and all those things. And so we just set about... Um, with all the practicalities of finding a villa, advertising what we were planning to do. Um, and then once people started to respond, we sort of had to sort of take a big gulp and say, hey, this is actually going to happen. This is, this is on, Maggie. <laughs> you know, this is going to... We're going to have to... We're doing this. Yes, exactly. Wow. And so, so we did do it, and um, there are lots and lots of stories, many of them in the book and in Stephanie's journal, but many of them in our heads, really. <laughs> Some of them will have to stay in our head, I think. But, um, look, it was, it was great. It was wonderful fun. It fulfilled all the things we thought it would do for us, for us and hopefully for all the people who came with us. And uh, it was fascinating that after all these years, the messages and the emotion in the book still resonated with somebody who was actually involved in making feature films. I think uh, it's astonishing. I think so. You know what? I'm I'm hoping that there's going to be a really really lovely running gag um, throughout the movie of the refrigerator that freezes everything. Right. Oh my God! Those tomatoes. You know, we bought these beautiful tomatoes, put them in the thing, and the next minute they were rocks. Destroyed. They had to turn into passata very quickly. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Look, we learned a lot, and um, you know, the the woman who owned the villa couldn't quite believe in what was happening because before we arrived, we had wine. We ordered wine through negotiations, um, Italian wine, Mm -hmm. to be delivered to the villa. Oh yeah. And of course, was. Cases and cases and cases yes. of it. 
going to be a lot of people. Yes. And, of course, all this wine was delivered before we physically arrived. And so this woman was convinced that she rented her villa to some drunks. Yes. <laughs> this, this Australian drink. And then you arrived entourage style with mountains and mountains of luggage too, did you not? We did. And, I, and neither of us can remember if we were charged excess baggage because we had ridiculous amounts of luggage. Yes. Um, I remember a case of vergers rattling away. How could you possibly <laughs> transport that? <laughs> Maggie had to bring a case it of vergers. It was all back in the... It was easier in those days, I'd have to say, Cam. Yeah. But uh, the, the one thing that seems to underpin this is, you know, yes, there are processes in food and... And for a lot of us, our journey in food is starting off with all those processes, but it's the ingredients and the time of those ingredients that is the most crucial for the cucina. Yes, but also to, to know when to stop. You know, I think that's oh. one of the lovely things you learn about Italy. Yes. Is that many, many dishes are extremely simple. They might only have two or three ingredients. But because it's the best zucchini, because the tomato is absolutely right, because the mozzarella is absolutely perfect, mm. you don't need any more. Mm. You know, it's just excess. Excess is uh, something that I fight against. Yes, yes, and that's uh, that's a good idea. Um, all right, I, I know you've uh, dealt with this in in other interviews, and so um, apologies for uh, advancing this question. <laughs> Uh, Who's going to play you and Maggie from 1997? (laughs) Have you you firmed up on any ideas? Have you you, um, done any more on the list that you can divulge to us? Because it's just you and I talking, Stephanie. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, I mean, there's been... It's a bit of a parlour game. Yeah. And uh, all of the people that I know very well have all got an opinion. And... uh, uh, frankly, I'm I'm getting a bit embarrassed about even mentioning anybody's name because no, for a start, it's not our choice. I mean, we've got to be very yes. very clear. We we are not going to make that decision. Mm. It'll be a casting director, and it's we're a long way from that point. We haven't even got a first draft script finished yet. Yeah. So we are a long way from that. However, there are people casting all sorts of names around, and I'm a bit worried that those actors are either going to be standing by the phone waiting for a call Mm. or the opposite, saying, God, what a terrible idea. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, lots of people have been suggested, but I have no inside information. There's one, was it Miranda Otto, maybe, and Claudia Caravan, yeah. They've been mentioned. Yes. Um, You know... Uh, we'll see. And, okay, so um, yes, this this is a beast that takes a long time to gestate and uh, oh, yeah. and finally. So, when are we, we have you got a proposed release date? What a couple of years or? Oh, I think it'll be a couple of years. Yeah, and I, as I say, right. uh, the woman who's been, who is the scriptwriter, whose name is Catherine Thompson, who was charming and has had very long conversations with both Maggie and myself separately. And there will be many um, more, no doubt. Yes. Well, that's what I think. She's yeah, been yeah. gestating and, and um, presumably going through those interviews and starting to do a script. Mm. But we haven't heard any more. Of course, I'm just as interested as you are as what the next stage is. But I'm, I also mm. am making a guess that, and it is a guess, that perhaps two years. 
Yeah, you know? that sounds about right. Maybe. I'm not even sure that's not too optimistic. Possibly. I mean, presumably the uh, announcement of the process, project, I know nothing about making a feature film, I might add, but anyway, um, I just presume that's out there to flush out some funds. Yeah, well, look, it, it, it sounds like you've got backers. I mean, you know, that uh, <laughs> it's, you know there, there must be money there somewhere. They've got some uh, EPs uh, that, uh, you know, have... Uh, doing what they need to be doing. Um, and I just want to say congratulations. Before I let you go, Stephanie, um, can you tell me who is... Um, are there people that have sort of caught your eye or, or that you admire coming up through the ranks that um, that you've been meeting? Who, who have you got your eye on in this, this cooking world and this antipodes that we're in? Oh, look, I think it's... Um, Question without notice. I, I Sorry. Like, yeah, I, I feel in a way that I'm out of the game and that doesn't cause me any distress at all. Mm. Uh, I've, done, I've done my bit and I have men- mentored quite a few terrific people. But I do, I do honestly think that the present generation, they are two generations away from me. Yes. And I can just look on in astonishment at a lot of the things that they do. Um... And I guess I'm somebody who, as I get older, I'm refining my personal tastes to becoming simpler and simpler. Yes. And I don't think that's uncommon. No. Um, so... Can I put forward that, one just... I know. Uh, oh, okay, l- allow me to just take the ball and just bounce it again um, yeah. as, as we sort of go down the, uh, the forward flank. Um, I was uh, doing some work with Yoast... Uh, down there at Future Food Systems, which was yeah. an absolute delight. And I heard of a lunch that you did with Joe Barrett. Um, and well, I, it was not exactly a lunch. We had a, a tasting, yeah. But you, Joe you, you did most of the work. You, uh, <laughs> Joe's pretty incredible, isn't she? She, Joe, is pretty incredible, as is Yoast and yeah. as is that project. I mean, I was gobble. I, I just was amazed at the things they were doing. And, um, look, we just did fresh vegetables from their garden with some soft-boiled eggs and and I can't think... There's one other thing we made and I can't think what it was. But mm. it, was a, it was a really simple, lovely lunch and um, it just showed what could be done with those amazing systems. The young are amazing, Cam. Yeah, they are, aren't they? Give us great hope. They give us great hope, and that's what we need. Not, not quite sure what they're inheriting from us, but uh, uh, they might have to <laughs> clean up the mess that we've made. But I have great faith in uh, in the generations coming through. Um, Stephanie, I'll leave you to the rest of your Sunday. Are you uh, in? You're taking it easy. Are you heading out? I'm taking it easy. I'm, I'm making some biscuits because I might be seeing my granddaughter and in a day, and so I'm making some chocolate and pumpkin seed biscuits. Well, the kitchen's going to be smelling good soon. That sounds lovely. <laughs> um, Stephanie, always a delight to chat with you. Thank you for taking the time, and. Congratulations on uh, on the Tuscan cookbook being made into a major movie. Thank you, Cam, and we'll I'll keep you posted. Oh, please do, please do. <laughs> nice to chat. Okay, okay, bye. Triple R.
One of the things John likes to say to me is that I bring the sunshine to him. Yeah. I've failed. Dream on. <laughs> I've failed. You know, as we were coming through St Kilda, or actually still at Alstonwick, yeah. I said to Joseph... Um, Turn the car around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did think about it. Yeah. I said, you can see those black clouds rolling across the bay. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. It's a little bit dreary here, but... It, doesn't really look like rain, but it did in Alstonwick. Yeah, might, um, I think it might clear up. I hope so. I'm yeah. feeling a little bit chilly, and for me to feel chilly, it is chilly. Yeah, you've got your, um, you've got the vest on. I've got a, a thick shirt on as well, which I don't normally wear. Yeah. Uh, even Franca said, oh, you haven't worn a, a shirt to work for two years. I just wear T-shirts or polo tops, whatever. True. Yeah, so it's coming. One could never uh, accuse you of having bad circulation. That's right. Yeah. You might have a bad attitude sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Always a good attitude towards oh, food. Yes. It just depends on who, who Who's tries asking to tell for me what? different things about food. <laughs> yeah. Hey, just... Uh, uh, are they some Ozanos? No, it's uh, Quarter de Boy or Oxheart. Oh, because... Um, oh, yeah, it's just that regate. Sorry, folks, I'm, um, I was looking across... We're at Tomato City. We're talking with John at the market for our usual market report and catch-up. Um, a man who deals with well, more than you could ever imagine, probably tomatoes in your life. And uh, I was looking across and, yeah. So are they nice tomatoes? This batch is very, very good. This is grown by a Greek family in Virginia, just yes. a little bit north of Adelaide. Yes. Um, Last season, I didn't like them at all. I, they kept on saying to me, their, their cousins are agents here in Melbourne, yeah. you know, buy them, they're beautiful, and I kept on saying, no, they're hollow. But this year, the crop, crop's they're a hollow, little bit bro. better. Yeah. When you cut them in half, they've got jelly inside. They're, they're nice and plump. Um, you can imagine um, two eggs put together that size, plump. Yeah. Um, they've got nice colour. The, you can see that the texture looks good. Normally you can tell from the outside if a tomato is going to be flowery. It's nice and glossy. The well, what, are, what are you looking for? So shine is, is an important thing? Not necessarily shine. As long as it's not dusky and, and looks like it's uh, prickly or pin needle type under mm-hmm. the skin. Yes. Um, a nice even texture. Yeah. And they will have flavour. Um, they'd be beautiful to chop up um, into a salad or even to have with your uh, mozzarella or something like that. Mm. Um, they're more sugar than acid, yep. which is good what a lot of people want. Especially John. Yes. And yes. uh, some people want the acid, yes. so they buy the Doncaster tomatoes. Yeah. And um, we've still got an abundance of all the tomatoes. Only the cherry tomatoes are just starting to come back into crop. They're $22 a kilo. But we've got beautiful Doncasters, $5, $8 a kilo, whatever, mm. uh, compared to the riffraff tomatoes that are selling $6. Uh, they're horribly got no flavour, no yeah, nothing. Well, yeah, so, and, and how does one spot a riffraff? <laughs> well, you drop it on the floor and it bounces, hits you in the head, then you know you've got yeah, one of those. Yeah, it makes a lot of growers really happy, though, doesn't it? Well, you know... You, yeah, you, different you, you, you criteria. Get, you, you reap what you sow. That's uh, th- this is this is true. Now, uh, on leaving last week, um, you said to, I don't know. It must have been an aside I did. I said something like, "Yeah, they don't get some parsley," and you went, "Yeah, I want to talk to you about that." Yeah, because we don't talk about parsley. No, here and, it is. And, and parsley is a very important part of a lot of cultures, not just Italian or or whatever. Um, 
the Arabic um, uh, countries, Lebanese, uh, whatever, um, they use uh, parsley for tabbouleh and Greeks and that too. So it's, on, it's on the main stage. That's, that's right. Because but, it's, it's seen and appreciated that's um, right. for its flavour. Years and years ago... You used to just have curly parsley. Yeah, and it's That's going tough. out of fashion now, thank God, because yeah. the only good thing that curly parsley is good for is for decoration. In a butcher shop window. In a butcher <laughs> shop window, or even beside a chicken in a chicken window. Yeah. And, and they're the only ones that buy them. Now, um, the continental parsley, or we call it Italian flat parsley. Flat leaf or flat, flat leaf. leaf parsley. Yep. Now, the best thing about this is we always go back to the oldies, ate this for this and that for that. This is the best natural antacid that you can eat. Antacid? Trust me. (coughs) If you're feeling a little bit full and gassy and thing, chew on a bit of parsley. No way. Have you ever watched cats, what they do sometimes they're walking around and they'll chew on a bit of grass or a bit of parsley? Yeah. That's why. Yeah, right, and they, right. but the dogs usually throw up afterwards. Well, that's why it it, it, it causes a they chain reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Sorry. it's not right, it's out the door. Okay. All right? Well, so yeah. they make <laughs> a beautiful tabbouleh yes. with a fresh parsley, chop, chop, good tomatoes. Mixed with mint. Yeah, mixed with mint, good um, onions. Cracked mint, yeah. uh, freak up. And, and, yep. and we, we put we'll it... We'll go with. We put it everywhere. Yep. Um... Sometimes even in a salad in the middle of summer. Me too. Yeah, so if you've gone out in the backyard and you see the parsley, you rip it off, and when you're picking your lettuce and your tomatoes and cucumbers mm. and whatever, everything goes together, and we put it into the soups, we put it into the ragu, not too much. We put more basil and parsley. Yes. Definitely in the soups. Uh, and like I said, you know, you can chop it and, uh, and even use it as a decoration on, on something you're serving, mm. which a lot of the um, chefs do. Can I bring up an Englishman? Yes, please. Oh, really? I thought I'd get a bit of reaction than that. <laughs> hey, listen, English do it good food, don't, uh, okay. you know? Okay, all right. Well, um, there is a guy. His name's Fergus Henderson. Many of the listeners will know him as uh, bringing out... He was the one that brought out nose-to-tail eating. Yes. And one of the dishes that he did, which uh, Bourdain called the butter of the gods, is you get a marrow bone, right, and you put it in the oven... 20 minutes, and you bring out that marrow, right? And you serve it with a salad just made from parsley, a handful of capers, the best olive oil you can have, salt, and sherry vinegar. So it's pretty butch. It is. But, but it's got to cut through all that fat. And that's right. That's what the I parsley's remember for. seeing that, this is years and years ago now, and thinking, oh, my God, parsley is valid just as is. Of course. Yes. And, and like I said, uh, it doesn't matter what culture, everyone uses parsley. Mm. Um, and, and, and it does different things to different dishes. So mm. it, it's very good. And like I said, it's good for you because that's why the oldies ate it as well. Mm. Um, and it keeps growing through winter. It does. Yay. What you do, um, you can go and buy a punnet of uh, seedlings, yep. plant it. And when it's getting big enough to the size you like, just pick the outer leaves. But outer leaves, exactly. outer leaves. Don't cut the baby leaves in the middle because if you do, your plant's going to die. It's going to go. So, ah, yeah, you've so, beheaded it. Yeah. So you pick the outside. The baby's still there. Mm. It keeps growing. So then, when you're ready to pick it again, 
Uh, and if you keep on top, you might get lucky and it won't go to seed. If it goes to seed, bad luck. Let it seed. Let it seed. Let the seed drop. You've got a 99% of getting a results with dropped seeds rather than planted seeds. Yep. If you've got the room. And, and sometimes you'd be amazed. You know, my grandfather, we, we were all brought up in South Melbourne, right? Because when they landed, they, they settled there first. Mm. Now, he had a... a um, um, a wooden cottage there, yeah. and then the laneway was all brick paved. Yes. Now he kept on planting parsley in a garden, wooden grown. Down the dry, down the, the uh, brick pathway, it was growing in amongst the bricks. So how do you work that out? Wow. So you know it's got a mind of its own as well. It sounds. I don't know. I'm 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 sensing this Christian parable. That you know, yeah, Christian the, words are coming out of my grandfather's mouth. Yeah, I know, but it's like, you know, and then the seeds went onto the, the stony ground, and yet the parsley grew. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yes, but All like right. I said, they weren't Christian words when he wanted his parsley. And he like, had hey, why haven't you got on over that? I can yeah. just imagine Joe doing that. No, no, that was pop. Oh, pop, pop, yeah. I mean, he was probably more hardcore than Joe was. Oh, I think so. He was a short, stocky guy, mate, and Whoa. you didn't want to get him going. Well, Joe scared the hell out of me anyway, <laughs> so, so if he was more hardcore, I'm frightened. Yeah. All right. Um, well, we just thought we'd catch up. We'd do that um, pick of the market. I will be back next week. Yeah. Uh, but let's do pick of the market. Yeah, that's a hard one. You're really going to throw me under the bus there because... Can I can I just throw something at you? Yeah. It's been cold. We haven't quite had frosts, but the brassicas, the Brussels sprouts, the cabbages should be getting sweeter. You've hit it on the head because it's the only cheap thing in the market. Okay. Um, cabbages, we're selling huge Savoy cabbage for $6. You can buy a half for $3, and you can get two to three meals out of a half. So, mm. you know, we, we had uh, steamed cabbage the other day. Franco put um, a little bit of onion and tomato through it, mm. and that was served up beside one of our dishes, um, main meals, should I say. Yep. Um, sprouts are there. You can sauté them. You can boil them. We boil the crap out of them. I like to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we've got Cavalanero back on the shelves again. It's You're beautiful. You seeing that last yes, week. Yes, yes, we've got beautiful Cavalanero there. Um, some people say, oh, you're selling it dearer than everyone else. Well, I bunch it up. There are no hard stems, no hard cores in it. Oh, All yeah, you've okay. got to do is go home and wash it. Yep. Um, and, and the grower that I buy from, his uh, plants are short and younger. Mm. They're not very tough leaves, so they're worth having. There are many ways you can do the Cavalanero. Um, beans, we sold 25 this week. I heard that someone had them $30, $35 for hand-picked beans. $35? It's going to get there because it's been raining up north. Woo. They're beautiful when they pick them on the way down. They've got moisture in and they go grey or spotty. But you still think about it. Like even that, 100 grams is, you know, like a handful. One person. It's, it's just, yeah. One person, and it's, it's $3.50. Yeah, wow. uh, we got beautiful Victorian peas in a the shell. They're $14 a kilo. Mm. You know, with a kilo, you can get a beautiful um, amount to serve up on the plates. Um, broccoli, broccoli went up a little bit. We're selling $9 today. Um, that goes up and down with the weather as well, so it might yeah. be cheaper next week, who knows? Depends on what's out there in the field. Uh, zucchini hit the roof again, $10 a kilo, and you've got to be careful at the, about the quality that they may go bad quickly because they've been outside, it's been uh, sunny, it's yeah. been cold, it's been wet and windy. Um, and this is just the start of what's going to happen, guys, because 
Um, we've seen some Instagram videos. One day, uh, the Chinese cabbage, you know, the big wombok, was mm. beautiful. The next day, it was under a metre water. Two days later, everything was brown. So that's what's going to be happening. Um, and I've heard also because of the price of the chemicals or fertiliser, should I say, have gone up so much that they've uh, re-nurtured the ground and it's rained and they've lost everything, had to do it again. They're going to think twice about how much stuff they're going to plant. Yeah, right. So it's not a matter of price, it's a matter of quality and, and quantity that we'll get. And a matter so, of when. All right, yeah, well, when. if I could just add something very, very quickly. I'm spying across there. Passion fruits are still holding. Yeah. Six for $2 over there. There's plenty um, of beautiful fruit at that. Apple pie time, definitely. Apple pie time and also pomegranate time too. Two for two dollars, and also there's something over there I've never seen before, which is yellow dragon fruit. Yeah, I've seen uh, photos of them, but I've never, never seen, seen them in the that. flesh yeah. because there's red ones, pink ones, yellow ones. Is, there, is it white or green? The other uh, dragon fruit, Joe. White. Yeah. Uh, outside must be green. All right. Um, they're for good looks. The Vietnamese and Asians use them as a laxative. A lot of people put them in a salad. I don't know why. And also, if you're a Buddhist, they make a nice offering too. Of course, of course, because it's something they've grown with love and care. Yep. Come to the market, pick the eyes out of Come market. and pick the eyes Come out on. of it. There's still beautiful capsicums out there you can buy for $5. I've got South Australian Glasshouse, $10 a kilo. Yep. Still worth buying one because one's got so much sweetness and flesh in it, it's unbelievable. Yep. And still worth coming to the market because ginger you can get for 15 bucks a kilo. Can't get that under the fluorescent lights. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. All right, I'm out of here. All See right. you, John. Have a beautiful day. Today, a young man on acid realized that all matter is merely energy condensed to a slow vibration, that we are all one consciousness experiencing itself subjectively. There's no such thing as death. Life is only a dream, and we're the imagination of ourselves. Here's Tom with the weather. Triple R. <laughs> still makes me laugh. I still say, and here's Tom with the weather after all the uh, calamities. Uh, Alexis from Matilda Restaurant, a very, very good afternoon to you. It's uh, Kalnis. Kalnins. Kalnins. There Close. we go. Close. No cigar. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Um, we're here to talk about... Uh, uh, the tuber, Melanosporum, the little thing that has the symbiotic relationship with uh, the roots of oak, the roots of hazel, and uh, so prized, so yeah. pungent, and so, so delicious, and so everywhere now in this in this hemisphere. Yeah, basically mainstream nowadays. Mm. It uh, it certainly is, and uh, we got you in because um, you, as well as being the executive chef of Matilda's restaurant in Domain Road, and you said service was very chilled out yeah, last busy. night. Busy, but super smooth. Uh, yeah, how's, how's Biz for, the, for that place? Ever since we reopened in November, mm. after the, like, I don't know, fourth lockdown. The calamities yeah, that, the, that the never befell ending, us. The never-ending yeah, story. Preceding, yeah. uh, we've just been slammed all the time, which is oh, great. Really? We, did, we did some renovations before we opened as well. So what opened up renovating? The front. We opened up the front, so it's all glass, like a glass window, glass doors. Yes. The kitchen's obviously just there, so everyone walking past can see, see what's See what's going out. on. Oh, yeah, because it was a little bit that sort of happened more mid yeah, to back the section, restaurant's didn't down it? the back, and then so up the front is just kitchen, the kitchen bar seating. Now we've put 
sort of a tables across from the kitchen so you can have a drink, watch the show. Oh yeah. And then the windows open out. And are you the, are you a chilled out chef? I mostly try to be polite and courteous all the yeah, time. Yeah. It's a new it's Good. a new age nowadays. You know? No more pot throwing. No, never, 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 never. I can be, I can definitely be Stan. It gets quite busy, mm. so you have to be. People have to know that your intent. Exactly. Yes, and also when they're yeah. not quite up to scratch. How's staff these days? I've been quite lucky with staff. Yeah. Um, like I hear nightmare stories mm. across Melbourne. We've been really a lucky. Of, a lot of owners back on the pans. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, we've been really lucky. I've got a great team. It's about 12 or 13 boys in the kitchen, a few girls. Mm. Everyone gets along. I changed. We changed our hiring policy a while ago to not only, not only focus on people's CVs. Mm. Now I try to get everyone in who applies for the job and I'm really I'm focusing on their character, mm. if they're you know, relatively intelligent, they're polite if they're going to gel with the rest of the crew. Yeah, which has just developed, and now it's a big family, you know. And there's not much rivalry or competition, which was kind of prominent oh, in lots good. of kitchen, kitchens yeah. I've worked in the past. A lot of lot of testosterone and, exactly. um, and overt growth. estrogen. Is that a word, Kent? I don't know. Uh, anyway, but. Um, Maybe that's, um, yeah, growing up to a new sensibility where you can have a calm exactly. kitchen. You don't have to have someone screaming and throwing pots because you've seen it. Yeah. I've seen it. And it's brutal to be in it. It yeah, really it's, is. It's horrible. It's not fun. Exactly. It's not fun. Let's talk about something that is fun the truffle. Oh, yeah. Do you remember the first time you had a truffle? Or when you bought a truffle and maybe brought it home? I remember the first time I saw a white truffle. Mm. Yeah. It was in Germany. You've had a white... I oh, see, that's something I still haven't yeah. had. I remember that I was doing a stage in a restaurant in Germany called Tim Rao. Yes. And the the truffle supplier came in and he opened it. I was on the other side of the kitchen. Oh. And the smell was instantly just took my breath away. Yeah. And that was that was from five meters away. And yeah. then I came over and had a look and I was like, wow, we What's did a little tasting. Yes. That I'll never forget. Yeah, 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 I'll bet. And um and do you remember taking one home? No. What I would never I would never take one home. No, 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 not from the not from the cool room. Not if you want to hang on to your job. Um but no, I'm just, just wondering about like, you know, because there's a lot of people and especially this truffle festival that's on at the Queen Victoria Market the next couple of weekends. Where's my dates just so I get them for you? Eighteenth, nineteenth of June. Uh, they do a brisk trade, a little bit more than brisk, yeah. um, in people going, yeah, I'll pick that one. It's like taking a puppy home, you know. Like, that one over there, that one looks really good. Um, and I'm just wondering if we can give people an idea of um, what do you do when you, you know, you're presented with a truffle? And what's the easiest way to, to prepare it and just extract the amount, the right amount of flavour from it? I think the biggest thing for me is... You got to combine it with fat, lactose especially. That's that's the key. If you if you picture a truffle as a really built up structure with tiny little envelopes of flavour, the fat, especially lactose, like your butter, even ricotta, um, 
cream is going to stretch it Yeah, <laughs> it's going to open it right up and let the aroma and the flavour notes all come into your palate really, really well. Yeah, a bit more bang for your buck. So, um, so it would go well, obviously, with um, an expression, just a simple thing of noodles um, cooked with a lot of shaved truffle on top, risotto, loads of butter, loads of fresh. butter. Parmesan. Yeah. Hello. That's going to be yeah. That, and 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 also there's the um, the way that people um, really really approachable and makes for one of the most decadent brunches. Um, hopefully, if you can have it in bed with a glass of um, something bubbly, scrambled eggs mm. and truffles with cream. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Yeah, it's amazing. I quite like to microplane them. Yes. A lot of people always shave them. With the microplane, you are breaking it up even more. So then you can you get even a little bit more out of there. That looks voluptuous. It does. That's something I've noticed in further. the last two, three years. That it, the, Because it was all about those little discs. Yeah, the shaves and then even punching out perfect yeah. circles. Yeah, the perfect circles. Now yeah. it's just like, no, back of that. We want yeah, more surface area. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, uh, it's make it brain. Yeah. Make it rain truffles. So um, if you are going to buy a a truffle, it's probably good to have a fine microplane at home to... Definitely. So, you know, that's that's an easy thing to do. Um, So you're going to be coming to the market and do demo with me, uh, which I'm really, really looking forward to. I'm a very cold part of the year, I know, but we can rug up. Uh, Do you know what you're cooking? Yeah. I'm going to do... little piece of Murray Cod cooked Ooh. over the barbecue. Obviously at Matilda we do everything over fire. Everything's over the flame pit. A uh, little piece of Murray Cod and then on the side of the dish I'm going to get a little bit of Serrano or some sort of Parma ham. Mm-hmm. Cover that in a brown butter hollandaise that I'm going to do through a siphon gun. Ooh. So that'll be sort of hidden underneath. And then on top of that hollandaise which should hold up because obviously you've got loads of air in there. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, should hold up. Yep. A few shaves, a few slices of shaved abalone, smoked abalone. Oh, stop it! Some sea herbs yes. over the top, and then just completely smash it with truffle. Oh. It should be lots of fat, a bit of smokiness. The smokiness and and, and glutamate city. Exactly. Umami city, baby. Umami town. Umami town. <laughs> Where are we? Yeah, let's go to Umami town. We're in Umami <laughs> town, and um, I guess that's uh, that is one of the things that yeah. Another thing that truffle likes is just because the, it's so punchy and has so much flavour that if you add it to yes, yeah, smoke things sounds really really good. Yeah. All right, here's a, a thing, because I know people do this um, listening to the show. They'll say, but what about if I'm a vegetarian? Ah, the world's your oyster. Come on, tell world's me. world's your oyster. Um, what it, mashed potato. Celeriac ma- or mashed potato. mashed potato. You can make an amazing mashed potato. Polenta. Polenta. Soft. Anything where you can get loads of butter in there. Yeah. Absolutely delicious. Will it take fat? <laughs> yeah, <It's- laughs> It's it's going to be uh, yeah it's going to be an absolute goer. Oh, um, I was um, asked to mention the fact that uh, uh, part of this truffle festival thing, you know, the Langham Hotel down by the river. Yeah, down by the river. Uh, apparently, the Aria Restaurant is going to do all these truffle dishes. So if um, if you, I'll try to make it not too complicated. 
<laughs> You'll just have to. Ex- I'm sure they can work out how to get that Hollandaise I mean, into the, the spuma gun. <laughs> yeah. Then do you? This is an interesting thing. We've got maybe t- about a minute left. Um, so yeah, truffles. It's happening. Go out and buy them. It's a singular pleasure. Uh, they are glorious. But just very quickly, the the whole notion of of Matildas is the move away from. You know, we got peak molecular cuisine, and now it's just about cooking on top of that. Yeah, the fire. raw elements, mm. getting the best out of the technique. I really the flavor like that. Of the fire, it's yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it really is. And um, what sort of barbecue are you going to bring to the to the market? I've been told we're using the Heston Blumenthal's grill. Oh like, yeah, that orange thing. Yeah, yeah I I've never actually thing. used it before. It, so it's it's pretty maybe... it's pretty cool. It works. Yeah. Uh, maybe bring a brulee gun to um, just get it going. Yeah, get it going. Yeah, and no doubt. And what sort of charcoal do you use at the restaurant? We it use must be... charcoal, but we also use a lot of wood. So yeah, our main heat source is ironbark. Yes, we have. We use cherry chips for smoking. Yes, we also have some grape wood, some apple wood, for our sort of smoking over the pits. Because mm, that's that's become a thing too. So no binchotan. No, not binchotan. Yeah, because occasionally that's... we use it, especially if I want to burn some marshmallows or something. Yes, where I need a really really hot charcoal. Mm. But the the really high quality stuff is extremely hard to get at the moment. So it really is. It's like the Bugatti Veyron of. Yeah. Um, it's like first like seeing a unicorn and then having to buy a Bugatti. Um, <laughs> it's been great hanging out. You should um, come back, or you should have a little rave about yeah, food sure. again. Thank you very much. Say hi to Scotty if you see him. Yeah, I will do. Um, so, yeah, Truffle Festival, it's on, folks. Uh, a couple of weeks away down the Queen Victoria market. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website.